are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We've got a lot of uh, Bachelor and Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise related news for you. We've got some tweets to go over. We've got Jesse Palmer speaking out for the first time on Zach's season. And we've got a little more sexiest man alive talk as I got some answers yesterday that I kind of threw out there. And we'll get to that momentarily. This podcast is brought to you by, you know who it is by, Dame Products, including their new introductory vibrator, The Dip. Whether The Dip is your first vibrator or the toy that helps you rediscover what feels good for you, it's designed to be unintimidating and to encourage pleasure exploration without shame. So go to dameproducts.com. Use promo code REALITYSTEVE and take 15% off your first order. That's dameproducts.com, promo code REALITYSTEVE, for 15% off your first order. All right, so let's get going. Uh, Obviously, elections were yesterday, and hope you all voted. I did. But as I mentioned yesterday, the number one thing I was excited about last night, and will be probably for the next couple nights, is... Obviously, ongoing election coverage with John King. That guy is working that touchscreen like a boss. You know, tell me all about Waukesha and Racine County and how they voted six years ago versus how they voted this time and the underperforming and the overperforming. And it's it's funny because he's up at the screen with Jake Tapper and Jake Tapper's like, yeah, hey, let's go to this county. And, you know, a, a state has a bunch of counties in it, and they're not labeled. The name of the county isn't labeled, but, you know, the outline of it is. And immediately, John knows which county to press. And look, I'm sure you Karnacki fans are like, hey, Steve Karnacki does the same thing. I don't care. He's not the king. The king rules all. I, I think election night, and night and these two or three days where he's going to be covering all this, this is like porn to John King. He is all over that touchscreen and just spewing out information and facts about voting percentages and counties and red or blue and what they did six years ago, four years ago, two years ago, eight years ago. He's awesome. He's my leader. You go, John King. This is where he shines. Obviously, we don't really see the guy for two years. We see him once every two years. Now, I, I get it. I mean, he's they bring him on as a political consultant, and we'll talk about things here and there. But him and Kornacki get their most coverage during election nights. And I must have watched four hours of election night coverage last night. And King probably got a good 10 to 15 minutes each hour. Just just all over that touchscreen, going to different counties and going to different percentages and what they did and this and this. So congratulations to John King. I'll see you in uh, 2024, apparently. Uh, a couple things from yesterday's podcast. I kind of threw it out there about, wait, is it anticlimactic or anticlimactic? And there is an answer to this one. It is anticlimactic, which is what I thought it was. 
because climatic is an adjective that corresponds with climate. So if you're anti-climatic, you're basically, that's the, um, you know, that's the antonym of climatic. And it's basically like, I guess you're a climate denier or something. But it is climactic, which I got correct. One of the few times I got something grammatically correct. Because, yeah, I screw that up a lot sometimes. And um, it was one other thing yesterday. Oh, you know, I, I said last week um, in regards to the Victoria and Greg stuff, this was before they went to go tape. The Paradise Reunion, I said someone had sent me a picture of them at a wellness store in Nashville. And I was like, look, I'm not going to post it anymore. There's no need to. It's clear they're together. And then they went and taped the reunion. They told everybody they're together. Um, I got another one yesterday, a video of Greg walking Victoria's dog in Nashville. Again, don't need to post it. You all know they're together. Like they're As soon as the Bachelor in Paradise reunion the one that they taped last Friday, as soon as it airs, Victoria and Greg will now be posting stuff their own. So it's just like, there really is no reason to post it now. You know, they're together and I appreciate the people who sent it to me. I'm just not going to post it. Just don't really see the need to, but in three weeks or two weeks from now, once the finale airs and the public sees that Johnny and Victoria ended their engagement and she is now dating Greg, they will be nonstop posting each other. So just get used to that. I did hear yesterday uh, a little bit of Nick's podcast, the part where he talked about uh, Victoria and posting the TikTok he did of Victoria and Greg together. Again, it's exactly what I told you it was going to be. Nick is clearly telling you um, something about his friend, because Victoria is very good friends with Nick's girlfriend. It's clearly a biased perspective. And what else did you expect? He's going to defend her, and he's going to defend them uh, versus looking at it objectively and, you know, call them out for any sort of behavior. And, um, you know, the fact that we do know now it was established. I mean, that's the thing that they're never going to be able to get across. They're never going to be able to convince a certain part of the audience that now it has been established that Greg and Victoria were talking and texting before she ever went down to paradise. He was texting her after she was engaged, coming back from paradise. Johnny would see it and Victoria assured him, Oh no, it's nothing. We're just friends. And then all of a sudden they're together and going to Italy together Like, of course, there's going to be a faction of the audience that is never going to believe that during those text messages from before she ever went to paradise and after she got back from paradise as an engaged woman, that at no point any of those text messages ever crossed the line out of friendship. Nobody's going to believe it. So the only thing Victoria could do to ever convince every single person that nothing impure happened and there was no infidelity and no cheating is to whip out her phone and show everybody every text that her and Greg exchanged from the time they started texting to the time she broke off her engagement with Johnny. It's the only way. And is she going to do that? Not in a million years. So people are going to believe that there's no way it was strictly platonic until the engagement ended and then all of a sudden Greg pounced. Nobody buys that. Neither should you. 
I got a couple of people asking me yesterday in regards to the preview that ran at the end of Bachelor in Paradise on Monday's episode about Rachel and Gabby. Someone actually asked me, are Rachel and Gabby going down to Paradise now because they're single? I mean, look, I get it. This is my job, so I'm very well aware of the filming schedule of this show and how it works. But, I mean, if you don't know by now that this show filmed in June, man, I don't know what to tell you. Are Rachel and Gabby going down there now because they're single? Do they honestly think that the show is live? Do they honestly think that this was filmed last week? So the short answer, no. Rachel and Gabby are not going down to the beach because they're single. This was filmed in June. Both of them were engaged at the time that they went down to the beach. So I'm wondering now if the editing team just takes out any talk of them talking about being engaged because they were both engaged when they went down there and spoke to the cast. So it would be kind of awkward to leave that in now because just as confused as some people are in thinking that Rachel and Gabby appearing on the beach happened last week, they'll probably be even more confused if they see on next week's episode Rachel and Gabby talking about being engaged. They're going to be like, what? I thought they were broken up. What? Huh? Who? Huh? Who? What? Where? Some people, I think, just... um just need to understand that um, what you're seeing on television is recorded months in advance. It's the best thing I can say about it. Also wanted to bring up some tweets that uh, Danielle put out on um, Monday night during the episode in regards to the Rodney, Eliza, Justin triangle. Danielle put out there, y'all got to stop or have some discretion. We love Rodney. We also care about Eliza and Justin and saw the turmoil she was in processing her feelings. These are real people experiencing real moments of happiness, pain, and confusion. And then they read your shitty comments about how you feel they could navigate it better or being made fun of. Not everyone is going to be your perfect match, and it effing sucks when that happens. Be a little kinder because your words wouldn't be as sharp to any of the cast faces, but they carry weight here. None of us are perfect, but at least we're out here trying to do right by each other. Look, the message is long-winded, but the message that most people try to get across in that there doesn't need to be hate or name-calling directed at any of the contestants. However... Because Danielle wasn't really specific in what she was talking about, it was a generalization about, hey, be nice to us. That's basically what she was saying. And look, I, being nice to the contestants is fine, but you can't sit there and go on the show and not expect some sort of criticism. But since she wasn't specific about what people were saying about Rodney, Eliza, and Justin, I don't really know what she was trying to get at. Because I can sit back and criticize it, but I'm not going to give any of them hate. I'm not going to call Eliza names. I'm not going to call Justin a name. I'm not going to call Rodney a name. I'm not going to wish death upon them. I'm not going to tell them to go kill themselves. But if I'm watching a television show, I'm allowed to have an opinion that criticizes what I see. And then if your response is, well, you don't see everything, well, then you, then. It looks like you're never going to accept the fact of what this show is because 
you can't have it both ways. You can't go on the show and only love the praise you get from it. You're allowed to be criticized. No, I do not agree with hate. I do not agree with death threats. I've been saying this for years. But when you come out and release three tweets like that, it's like, okay, I have no idea what you're even referring to. I'm sure there were some people that were harsh on Eliza, Rodney, and Justin. If that's what you're referring to, great. But you weren't very specific. It was almost just like, hey, guys, would you just be nice to us? Some people just don't know how to handle It's like, but we can criticize what Eliza did. We can criticize how things were handled. You're allowed to without getting into hate. There's a difference between hate and criticism, and a lot of contestants just don't see that, and they don't comprehend it. And, you know, this is also almost a message out to all of Zach's women because Zach's women, as we know, are going to make up a majority of next summer's Bachelor in Paradise cast, female cast. At least 10 to 12 of them are going to be down in paradise next summer. They will make up a majority of the female cast of next summer's Bachelor in Paradise. And Zach's women, every single one of them, except the four that are home or the four that are, you know, um, still left on the show. Well, now three, even though I don't know who got eliminated during hometown dates. But that third person will now be able to turn on the TV next Monday and Tuesday and the following Monday and Tuesday and watch the final four episodes. And maybe they will be a part of paradise next year. But all of Zach's women are at home outside of the final three watching now and have been watching the season. And they are planning their arrivals, who they're interested in, who they're not, all this stuff. And they're seeing it play out. And I just want to, you know, if any of them happen to be listening to this, just know the second you walk down on that beach, you are open to criticism. And the whole, hey, these are real people too. Like, yes, we know this. We hear this a lot from contestants now. It's like their go-to thing. Hey, these are real people with real feelings. Yes, we know that. And the assholes that tell them to kill themselves and the assholes that call them names, you know, I don't know what to say because we know it happens every season. A lot of you say we don't sign up for the hate that we get. Well, you might not think that you're signing up for the hate that you get, but that's what this show is now. You are signing up for the hate. The second you go on this show, you open yourself up publicly to anybody that wants to go find something on you or say something about you. That's facts. They could say something that's not even true about you, and you have to deal with it. Why? Because you went on this television show, and this fan base is toxic. So when you signed on the dotted line to come on the show, yeah, technically you're not signing up for that, but that's what comes with the territory now. If you don't know that by now, 47 seasons in and next summer will be the ninth Bachelor in Paradise, I don't know what to tell you. So Zach's women, I'm sure you are excited about going on Paradise because things didn't work out with Zach and that's your next way to stay relevant and be on the show and, and that's fine. And you can go down to Paradise and some of you might get a great edit, but some of you might not. And... This is what the show is. If you don't want to ever face any criticism from people you don't know, then don't go on the show. That's the only way you can avoid it because somebody out there somewhere will find something negative to say about you, the way you wore your hair, the way your makeup looked, the bikini that you wore, the sarong you wore, anything. They're going to criticize it. Now it turns into, well, how bad is the criticism? Is it hate? 
Is it death threats? Is it telling me to, you know, whatever. We don't, you don't know until it happens. But it happens because you're just a contestant on the show. You might be like, well, that's unfair. Yeah, it probably is. But when you've had 47 seasons of it, and especially more so in the recent seasons when social media has taken off, if you don't know that by now, I would just suggest don't go down on the beach because it's coming. You know, it's a year away. You're probably not even thinking about it, but well, it's not a year away from the time you go down and film. It's another seven months before you go down and film next June. Just know that as much as you want to be a part of this cool fraternity and hang out with the cool kids and go on trips and add followers and do all these ads, just know there is a major negative side to being a person on this show, male or female, you are going to get criticized. And some of it will be hate. And some of it will be some deep hate for something that might be so irrelevant to you, but it's going to drive someone else up a wall and they will hide behind a computer and be a keyboard warrior and tell you to do things to yourself that you probably didn't think in a million years any stranger would ever tell you to do. So just keep that in mind when you watch the show because that's what the show has become. Jesse Palmer spoke out for the first time about Zach's season, obviously, with the rose ceremony being Monday night at the mansion. He was doing something else in L.A. for doing some media coverage, and someone asked him about it, and Us Weekly ran the quotes. But, um, you know, Jesse said, quote, it's really all about the love story and romance and a little bit less about the drama, I think. That was his quote toward Zach's season. Look, the show's been on 47 seasons. If you honestly think that Zach Shawcross's season is only going to be about a love story and they're not going to cover really any of the drama. Uh, not what I heard. It's going to be no different than any other season. I, He's the host of the show. Of course he's going to say that. But you really think in episodes one, two, and three, all they're going to be doing is focusing on a love story? Like This show has done the same thing. The reason it's been on the air for 20 years and 47 seasons is because they know what they're doing. And when I say they know what they're doing, it's not, Hey, let's just show a love story to everybody. So everybody can walk around like it's rainbows and daffodils. I'm sorry. That's not what this season is going to be. I'm not saying the whole season is going to be drama, but for him to say, it's going to be a little bit less about the drama. I think, I mean, he didn't even say he was he didn't even say he was solid about it being more about a love story. He just said, I think. Well, what does Jesse know? He doesn't edit the show. <laughs> so I'm just telling you, he's selling you a bill of goods because he's the mouthpiece for the show. And of course, he's going to say that. But if you honestly think there's not going to be any drama or just going to be a little drama this season, no, it's going to be the same exact type of drama we see all the time. When the very first preview for the season comes out and they do that, three and a half minutes at the end of the first episode, there's going to be a bunch of clips of women crying. Yeah. Go back on YouTube and pull every single season preview up and watch them. It's all the same thing. Every single season, there will be clips of at least 10 to 15 women in some sort of crying state, whether it's in an ITM or whether it's on a date, whether it's on a one-on-one or a group. It's just, that's what the show does. So, that's not going to mean it's going to be any more emotional than any other one because they do it every season. So 
trust me, there's going to be drama this season, and uh, I'll fill you in on that as we move forward because, you know, Jesse saying that and that becoming a headline yesterday, yeah, it's like, uh, not what I heard. And finally, um, yesterday, the announcement that uh, Chris Evans was the sexiest man alive, I was like, huh, have we ever had any repeat winners? And the answer is yes. We've had three, and I guess maybe you could say four. In 1993, Richard Gere and Cindy Crawford was the first year that people broke from tradition, and instead of running a sexiest man, they declared Gere and Crawford the sexiest couple. Well, then Richard Gere won sexiest man alive six years later in 1999. So if you want to count that he's as he won it twice, you can, but Brad Pitt, um, won it in 1995. And then he won it back again in 2000. Um, George Clooney won it in 97 and then he won it in 2006. And then Johnny Depp won it in 2003 and then 2009. So the three repeat winners were Brad Pitt, George Clooney, and Johnny Depp, and then maybe if you want to consider Richard Gere winning it twice, even though the first time he won it was as a couple. But we have not had a repeat winner since, gosh, um, looks like uh, 2000. Yeah, uh, wait, no, Depp. Depp won it in 2009, his second time. So since 2009, the winners have been Ryan Reynolds, Bradley Cooper, Channing Tatum, Adam Levine, Chris Hemsworth, David Beckham, the Rock, Blake Shelton, Idris Elba, John Legend, Michael B. Jordan, Paul Rudd, and then Chris Evans. So it's been 11 winners since we've had a repeat. And um, so I found that interesting. I did not know that three people had been repeat winners. Do you know who the first People Magazine Sexist Man Alive was? Mel Gibson. That didn't age well. Mark Harmon, 1986. That makes sense to me. That was in the height of Mark Harmon era. Summer school. Great old movie. Great 80s movie. Chainsaw. Dave. <laughs> um, Harry Hamlin. John F. Kennedy Jr. Sean Connery. Tom Cruise in 1990. And Patrick Swayze in 91. Nick Nolte in 92. Nick Nolte? I guess I'm thinking of Nick Nolte now. And I'm like, how was that guy ever the world's sexiest man? But... Uh, and then Gear and Crawford won it as a couple in 93. Keanu Reeves in 94. Um, Brad Pitt in 95. Denzel in 96. Clooney in 97. Harrison Ford in 98. And Richard Gere in 99. And then we went Pitt, Brosnan, Ben Affleck, and then Johnny Depp, Jude Law, Matthew McConaughey in 05. George Clooney in 06. Matt Damon in 07. Jackman, Hugh Jackman in 08. And then uh, Depp in 09. And then I read you those, everyone from... 2010 on. So I just read you all 38 sexiest man alive. And uh yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what someone messaged me yesterday cuz I put in the um I put in the episode description of the podcast that uh Jake Weiler named people's sexiest man alive. Someone messaged me and said, "You're wrong on that. <laughs> it's Chris Evans." Oh. <laughs> uh, Sometimes you just can't say anything without being corrected. So anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. 
Uh, check out the column. I did not put a column up yesterday because I got caught up with some stuff. So today's column that's going to be up in a couple hours will have your reader emails and it'll have all your Bachelor in Paradise reunion spoilers if you still haven't seen them on my social media. So go check that out at realityseed.com. That'll be up, like I said, in a couple hours. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.